This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Now, spreading freedom across the nation, this is The Buck Sexton Show. It is The Buck Sexton Show with Mike Opelka sitting in for my pal Buck Sexton. Hello, members of the Freedom Hut. I am coming to you from the Free Speech Bunker in Delaware. It is, uh, it is my home in Delaware that I am uh, broadcasting from, and I don't know if you heard the phone go off. I tried to turn it down, but there it is. The minute we start the show, the phone rings. I'm filling in for Buck today. He should be back tomorrow. We are attempting to give you as much uh, breaking news as well as coverage on all of the craziness that's swirling around Washington, D.C. today, all of the uh, predictions about tonight's selection by President Trump of his very first very first Supreme Court nominee. I say very first because I'm anticipating more than one, possibly as many as three in the first four years. Yeah, that's right. As many as three. And wouldn't that be amazing? It would, it would be, uh, I think, shaping the court for years and decades to come if that happened. But today, everyone's focused on Two or three different issues. Number one, obviously, the Supreme Court picked tonight just after 8 o'clock, we should know. And about 8.01, you should see people either melting down and doing handsprings or uh, crying. Or picking up signs pre-printed by someone who knows George Soros and marching. It's, I imagine it's, it's already set. And during the course of the show today, first of all, you are welcome to join the conversation. 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. And weigh in on my vital question poll on, on uh, Twitter. My handle, of course, at StuntBrain. All one word, S-T-U-N-T-B-R-A-I-N. Who do you think Donald Trump, President Trump, will nominate for the Supreme Court spot? Is it going to be uh, Pryor, Gorsuch? Hardiman, or you don't know, you don't care. Currently, Gorsuch, the guy I think, has the inside track. And I have talked with senators from my state here in Delaware, and they both think Gorsuch has the inside track as well. That said, Chris Coons, a reasonable guy from Delaware, said he would love it if the, if the GOP would actually give Merrick Garland a hearing. And my response to him was, you know that ain't happening. And, of course, he laughed. But it's not happening. And I don't know why they would expect it. They have threatened, as you've heard, to uh, filibuster any and every selection by President Trump unless it is Merrick Garland. And so we anticipate a fight. We're going to see a fight. 
Um, I just hope that the Republicans don't get sucked into using the nuclear option and changing the rules because, as I told Democrats back in 2009, when you change those rules, they're going to come back and bite you. And they have. Uh, they changed the rules and, and now thinking they would never be out of power. And now they face the reality of the rules taking a chunk out of them. So we'll go into the Supreme Court. But again, I encourage you weigh in. Be a part of this conversation. Where do you stand? Why do I think Gorsuch is the inside track? Well, I think I, I, I guess I should look at Hardiman because of the bloodline connection to the Trump family. Hardiman's on a court with Donald Trump's sister. And Donald Trump tends to lean on family. Let's look at uh, let's look at his son-in-law. Let's look at his kids. So will Donald Trump play this game? I don't know. Or will he go with the choice of uh, most folks? Gorsuch Pryor's such an outsider. But we're going to talk to uh, different folks about this today, as well as the immigration uh, story and the latest on that executive order. Andy McCarthy will be joining us at the bottom of the hour best-selling author and uh, contributing editor at National Review. Plus, he is a former assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District in New York, so he has a little knowledge on all this. Um, and I think Matt Walsh is joining us next hour, as is um, Mark Serrano from uh, Proactive Communications. So it's a busy day already. We'll see if Dr. Zudi Jasser can jump in. There is so much happening today. And I think that the danger is to get caught up in watching what's going on with, uh, with the, uh, the executive order and to miss completely what the other hand is doing. And I'll, I'll explain. And there are a couple of different hands that are out there doing stuff that we need to be aware of. For example, while, while we are all focused on the executive order and the firing of the of the acting attorney general and the hiring of the new acting attorney general and the push to get Jeff Sessions confirmed finally and in place. When we're doing that, there you've got Steve Bannon moving himself into the national, the National Security Council at the uh, at the at the adults table, if you will. And Steve Bannon, Donald Trump's big big advisor, who didn't require a a Senate confirmation hearing is now is now sitting at one of the most important and influential places in the White House and in our government. And he bounced out the Joint Chiefs of Staff chairman to get there. So that disturbs me. And we will deal with that as well. But there's also something going on. And I don't know if you uh, if you caught this, but the the. Um, the New York City government and New York State are basically giving the finger to the Trump administration already. When Donald Trump said he was going to halt funding to sanctuary cities if they didn't cut it out, Mayor de Blasio basically told the President of the United States, bring it on. Mayor de Blasio, who is such a progressive and such a fan of the collectivism and the communism as a, as a way of life and a government on his honeymoon decades ago, before it was even legal to do so, de Blasio went to Havana. 
He's a guy I don't trust at all, and I'm glad to be out of New York City. So Mayor Bill de Blasio this very morning talking to Jake Tapper on CNN was uh, was this actually it was yesterday morning talking to Jake Tapper about sanctuary cities. And in the discussion with Tapper. This this whole uh, this whole plan of de Blasio's to fight the sanctuary city moved by President Trump brought up something that's just shocking. Mayor de Blasio actually gave the green light to shield illegal aliens who are caught drunk driving. I'm not kidding you. You, you, you can't make this up. This is during a, about a four-minute discussion with Jake Tapper, Tapper and, and de Blasio speaking on this very subject. And uh, buckle up and prepare to have your jaw drop. A new sanctuary city law that you approved in October 2014, the city of New York shields from the feds undocumented immigrants who commit what are deemed to be lesser offenses, but they include drunk driving and grand larceny. Why shouldn't the city of New York comply with federal law in this area? If you're a drunk driver and you're an undocumented immigrant, why should there be a, a place for you in this country? Jake, there are 170 offenses in that law that are listed as serious and violent crimes that lead to automatic cooperation between the city of New York and our federal partners. So any serious and violent crime, we're going to work with them. Uh, someone commits a minor offense. For example, right now, if you didn't have clear definitions like we have, let's say someone had a small amount of marijuana, let's say someone went through a stop sign, they could be deported for that and their family could be torn apart and you could have children left behind where the breadwinner in the family is sent back to a home country. That is not good for anyone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So first of all, the mayor re- refuses to even answer the question, doesn't even have time to get to answering the question. And now he is shifting it from drunk driving to someone who runs a stop sign and might have a little bit of pot on them. Well, what he fails to mention in the very opening of his statement, his defense of this person is that person is here illegally. They have already broken the law. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. They don't deserve the rights and protections of everyone else. Is, is he going to actually defend drunk driving? Is Mayor de Blasio going to minimize drunk driving? He already said there are 170 crimes that are considered to be uh, actionable offenses that would require someone to be kicked out of the country. Is he saying that drunk driving, one of the scourges of our communities, if you, if you know anyone who's lost someone to a drunk driver, that's it's it's a horrible, horrific crime. Those are manslaughter charges. Usually, sometimes they're even just straight up murder charges. Keep going, Mayor de Blasio. So we differentiate anyone who's a, a violent, anyone who's a serious threat to society. We agree we'll work with the federal partners and, and they get deported. But we are not going to see 
uh, with a half a million undocumented people here, and this would be true for 11 to 12 million undocumented folks in this country, the vast majority of whom are law-abiding, we're not going to see families torn apart over a First of all, we're not talking about law-abiding people. If you have someone who's here illegally, they start by being not law-abiding. And if they're driving drunk or if they've got dope on them, and now he decriminalized the use of pot in New York City, told cops basically, don't arrest people who are smoking dope on the streets of New York. Let it be just a nuisance. And he also said, don't arrest people. No longer stop people for public urination. So now you got people urinating in public without fear of being ticketed. You have people smoking pot in public in New York, despite the fact that it's still illegal. And you have a mayor who is encouraging drunk driving illegal aliens, saying that basically we're going to shield them. He keeps going. Very minor offense. But is grand larceny or drunk driving a very minor offense? Uh, drunk driving that does not lead to any other uh, negative outcome, I could define as that. But Whoa. Drunk driving that does not lead to any other outcome, I could define as that. How does this mayor even, even know what that drunk driver has caused before they were stopped? How does this mayor know that drunk driver had not swerved across the highway and caused a family in a minivan to drive off the road and hit a tree? How does he have any idea what had happened before that stop happened? And maybe that stops save lives, by the way, Mr. Mayor. It's maddening. There's more from New York. I'm going to share more information about de Blasio. And this just broke. I don't see anybody talking about this. Uh, New, York, New York just put out a, a very important bit of information. And it relates to illegal immigrants and driver's licenses. And I'll share it with you next on The Buck Sexton Show. This is the Buck Sexton Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Buck Sexton. The Blaze Radio Network. Mike Opelka in for Buck Sexton, and uh, I know what you're saying. Does this mean there won't be a new pure Opelka tonight? No, I'm running on straight-up Red Bull and or what's my new drink today? Uh, it's Bing Cherry Juice with B vitamins, vitamin C, caffeine, and ginseng supplements. So, yeah, I'm running on a combination of manufactured energy and natural energy, and uh, I encourage you to join the conversation. We are... We're discussing all the events of the day. We'll be talking in depth on the, on the uh, executive order to change immigration and pause the refugees coming into the country. Plus, the Supreme Court picks up tonight. Donald Trump's pick will be announced. Go to my Twitter account, at StuntBrain, and you can take the poll. Currently, everybody's agreeing with me. Mostly everybody's agreeing with me on, uh, on Justice Gorsuch. Uh, and even a bunch of Democrats said, yeah, we agree with you on this. This makes sense. So we'll, we'll keep you posted. And then, of course, tonight we will be doing it live here starting at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. When we went away, I was venting my spleen about the mayor of New York. Warren Wilhelm was his given name at birth. 
but Bill de Blasio didn't like it. He changed his given name to William de Blasio. He thought, he thought it would be a, a better name for him. He thought this would give him a much more appeal. So Bill de Blasio, doesn't that sound like a, a better name? Not Warren Wilhelm. Warren Wilhelm sounds a little, uh, a little too German, I think. So de Blasio, what do you think about the undocumented immigrants who are drunk driving in New York? That's the first offense we were talking about. Let me see if I can bring it back to uh, Jake Tapper asking de Blasio about uh, shielding the drunk drivers because he's, he's basically said that would be, that would be his preference. And, uh, and here's Tapper asking him about, uh, about the offenses that would be okay in, in his mind. Any other uh, negative outcome I could define as that. But look at the list of 170 offenses, anything involving a weapon, anything involving violence, those areas where we're absolutely cooperating. And that, I think, could be a good model, Jake, for how we proceed as a nation. Now, first of all, does de Blasio not realize if you use a car and try and run someone over, the car becomes a weapon? So he's already violated his own thinking here. Bill de Blasio, going to get a Jack Wagon Award. I might have to, I I have to educate this audience. We do something on my show that is uh, very special. When we realize that someone is being an absolute idiot, it's kind of along the lines of Pat and Stu and their Douche Hall of Fame. I uh, rename or actually pay to name a hissing Madagascar cockroach after someone. And, And the New York City mayor might be the recipient of today's naming of a Madagascar hissing cockroach. They, they did this at the Bronx Zoo. You can pay 10 bucks, and they will name a cockroach after someone. Send them the, the certificate. I did it last week when, what's her name, Deborah Messing from Will and Grace did not actually go out in March anywhere. She took a picture of herself and said she was in a virtual march. So we named... We named a cockroach after Deborah Messing, and we might have to do it for, for the mayor of New York City. We might have to do it for the mayor and the governor. And why the governor? Well, New York City and New York State are seeing money in giving or permitting undocumented illegal immigrants to get driver's licenses. You heard me right. New York City is hoping to generate almost $10 million in fees for the state and the city by allowing illegal immigrants to get driver's licenses. They say it's going to be a huge boost. But now, you know what happens when you get a driver's license. That becomes a, uh, an ID that, what's the ID that most people ask for when they're wanting to allow someone to vote? And I know the Democrats say there is no there is no uh, voter fraud in, in our country. But if you're going to let hundreds and hundreds of thousands, in the case of New York City alone, they estimate it's 500,000 undocumented immigrants. They estimate 150,000 of those would like to get a driver's license. Of those 150,000, they could generate almost $10 million in fees for the state. They claim it would also boost car sales. So it's a... Uh, 
it's a it's a uh, small business bonus and with lower insurance premiums i i don't know how it's going to lower insurance premiums i do know that now you are all you're doing is saying look we know they're here illegally and we know they're not supposed to have driver's licenses but look we could get 10 million dollars if we would let them have a driver's license I think it's the dumbest thing ever. It's just, it's just the end here. 525,000 illegal immigrants in New York City. There are at least, I, I just can't believe it. So you, you know what? This is going to earn de Blasio and maybe Governor Cuomo, both of them. But first, de Blasio, we're going to send Mayor de Blasio a certificate that we are naming. I'm going to spend the 10 bucks and name a Madagascar hissing cockroach after him. It's going to, it lives in a tree stump in the Bronx Zoo. So if you want to visit Mayor de Blasio and Deborah Messing, the two cockroaches I've named so far, you can do it. If you want to, if you want to do this yourself and maybe send your loved one a hissing cockroach certificate for Valentine's Day, I'll tweet out the link. When we come back, we're going after immigration. Next on the Buck Sexton Show. Buck Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network. It is the Buck Sexton Show. Michael Pelka sitting in for my friend Buck Sexton today. And also, we'll be live tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern doing an hour of pregame before the Supreme Court nomination is announced by President Trump. But we are fortunate enough uh, at the moment to have a much bigger brain available to help me get through the day. Andy McCarthy is here the uh, best-selling author, former U.S. attorney for the Southern District in New York, a guy who's been deeply involved in the uh, prosecution of terrorists like Sheikh Omar Abdel Rahman and the 11 others who were part of the 1993 World Trade Center bombing, the first bombing that we, those of us who were here in New York City and worked in the media remember. And uh, it was a, a warning sign. As I'm, as I'm standing here, we all said this is, this is the beginning, but Andy's here to help us understand a lot of different things today. Mr. McCarthy, a pleasure to have you on the show, sir. Mike, it's my pleasure. How are you? I'm good. It's a little bit of a harried 24 hours here. What we've seen in the last 24 hours, I don't, it rivals anything I can remember in transition politics. How about you? Uh, the way this administration's gone so far, um, I would have to say the last 24 hours are the strangest thing since the preceding 24 hours. Um, <laughs> it just seems like, uh, you know, it seems to me, Mike, that, uh, you know, Trump is uh, certainly shaking him up. No one's ever uh, questioned his work ethic, which is uh, really nose to the grindstone. And he does a lot of stuff. So if the left is going to go to DEFCON 5, like every single time he does something, I wonder who's going to be listening when he actually does something that merits, uh, uh, you know, complaint and and 
maybe even some hysterical reaction. And I, don't, I just don't know why anyone would pay attention to them anymore. Well, that's a a great point. And you talk about the left going to DEFCON 5, going right to the edge the minute anything comes out of the White House. And I attended one of the protests. Well, first of all, I was at the inauguration. Then I was on the ground for the Women's March in D.C. And then Sunday, I was at the Philadelphia airport for a couple hours embedded in the protest. And the, the thing that I saw, and it's probably no shock to you, the signs that they are carrying are pre-printed. Even the ones that look like they are handmade, yeah. that's a font that is available to be pre-printed. They're, they're showing up at the same protests around the country. So while the individuals who are there, their anger is palpable and real, it does seem to be organized and directed. And I don't know if you're hearing the same thing, but it sure feels like this is the Democrats trying to keep their base energized at least until 2018. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is mostly fundraising and the most newsworthy thing, I think, to come out of Philadelphia. And I have to ask you about this, because in New York, we've always wondered whether this was true or not. On, on days when there's no games, is it true that in Philadelphia they go to the airport and boo the plane landings? That's true. That's very true, <laughs> which which, you know, it, they love to boo every sports team. Well done, Andy. Well done. I, I, I'm a 25 years in Midtown Manhattan, and we escaped to Delaware uh, a couple of years ago, and I'm very, I'm so happy we're here, especially after, uh, I don't know if you heard it today, de Blasio defending not only his sanctuary city policy, but also shielding illegals who are drunk drivers. Right. Uh, even lawbreakers. It's, uh, it's really bizarre because, you know, I think, if you want to see why it appears the Democrats are marginalizing themselves into a party of coastal elites that the rest of the country just, you know, can't wrap their brains around. Here's a situation where there's an opportunity to say, you know, look, we're the we're the party of compassion. And there's a lot of stories about illegal aliens or, or as they'd rather say, undocumented immigrants um, who do really hard work, who do good jobs, who keep their noses clean, who are a productive part of our society. And what we really need to do here uh, is separate out the, the lawbreakers, who we can all agree uh, are not adding anything to our society, uh, and let's honor the, you know, the, the people who are. And that, I think, is a position, whatever your take on, um, on, on immigration is, that would resonate with a lot of people who are of a mind to say, you know, look, let's not hassle people who aren't doing anything to to violate the law. But at the same time, you know, if you if you're not supposed to be in our country in the first place, then, you know, we especially don't need you if you're violating our laws. Uh, but de Blasio, in his extremeness, can't even bring himself to do that. So it's like. Everybody needs to be protected, not just from Trump, you know, the evil Trump, but also from uh, the law. And they're going to, you know, wrap themselves around illegal aliens, including lawbreakers. And then they'll wonder, you know, why is it that, uh, you know, that we basically lost uh, 80 percent of the country and why we've you know, lost hundreds of seats, if you count all of the. Uh, you know, the different state governments uh, uh, across the country. They're just I, I just think they're 
I mean, look, they're not going to take advice from me. And if they want to be clown themselves, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I just as soon step back and watch them do it. But I, I just don't understand why they want to or why they feel the need uh, to take positions that the rest of the country just kind of shakes their heads and thinks this is this is just so extreme and out of the norm. It's indefensible. It, it is indefensible. And I, I'm glad you brought it up and, and said this. When you said, I step back and let them do their thing, and two things, you're right. They're not going to listen to you. They're not going to listen to me. They're not going to listen to Buck. But I found that if you let people just talk, they will paint themselves into the corner, and then you can just say, and there you are, right there yep. in that corner. You're shielding the drunk drivers, from, and they're illegals at the same time. But I want to talk about a couple of things that you've been writing about uh, at PJ Media and uh, the stuff you've been posting lately. Specifically, I always, I always tell people, don't pay attention to the headline. Go a couple pages deep or at least a couple columns deep and see if you can find the real stories that are out there. Now, we're all focused on this Supreme Court pick and the fact that there was the shakeup at DOJ when you had the acting AGs who wouldn't follow the president's uh, executive orders. And then in, in the background, you've got Iran testing missiles and we're not talking about it it's not headline news on any network right now that's so right but you know i think they've become we know now from the way that the iran deal president obama's uh what they call the uh uh you know this joint uh, agreement um on the iranian nuclear program um they, we learned afterwards, were actually exploited by the White House as a kind of an echo chamber to peddle this deal to the American people. And I think, you know, having uh, sort of jumped into that with both feet, they're not anxious to, to examine the fallout or cover it as news. And, you know, some of this requires a little bit of digging to, to figure out. Uh, but it, you know, not altogether that much. It's, it, it's certainly the kind of thing that a that a borderline energetic journalist ought to be able to figure out in, in a short period of time. Um, what happened in connection with the missiles with Iran? Now we know now that they've tested uh, another one recently, and that's about uh, 12 since uh, the Iran deal went into effect. Um, the reason that, you know, there's all this hysteria about, uh, oh, they're in violation of the agreement. Well, if you look at the agreement, what you learn is that they're not in violation of it, because even though going back to about uh, 2006, Mike, they, we had a regime of sanctions against Iran's uh, not, not just their nuclear activity, but their terrorism activity and their ballistic missile activity. And. Obama, in his desperation to get this deal, uh, decided to accommodate the Iranians, even though the deal was not supposed to be about missiles. It was just supposed to be about nukes, uh, you know, nuclear material. Um, when Iran basically threatened to walk away from the table unless the ballistic missile sanctions were eased and prescriptions were eased, they inserted into this agreement like about 94 pages into it, um, a, a paragraph 
which basically changed the sanctions to, you know, no longer are you forbidden to do this. You are now discouraged from doing it. Oh, and we all know how that works when mom and dad say, you're not forbidden to stay out after midnight. We just would feel better if you were home before midnight. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, basically the, 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 the agreement now says, you know, we really think it's a bad idea for you guys to do ballistic missile stuff. And the, there's no sanctions. The Iranians are, uh, you know, they made quite clear within a short period of time after the deal was signed off on that they intended to, uh, you know, do, to ratchet up the ballistic missile activity. And that's what they've done. But they've basically done it because Obama undid those sanctions in his desperation to get this deal. So it's uh, it's the kind of thing that ought to be at the top of the media list. It's certainly a more important story than uh, this, you know, obscure deputy attorney general who decided, you know, she knew she was going to be terminated any minute. So she went out in a blaze of glory. Um, that's a that's a story they evidently find attractive. This is one that actually affects our national security and it's not being covered. Andy, I need to take a break. Can you hang out? Because I want to talk about the ban. Is it a Muslim ban or yeah, isn't sure. it a Muslim ban? A Muslim ban, a Muslim man. What's wrong with me today? Michael Pelka <laughs> in for Buck Sexton. I'll tweet out a link to Andy McCarthy's story on the Iranian ballistic missiles. You need to read it. We'll be back in just a minute. Buck Sexton. The Blaze Radio Network. It is the Buck Sexton Show. Mike Opelka in for Buck, and I'll be here tonight at 7 p.m. to uh, cover the announcement of Donald Trump's Supreme Court nominee. But we're talking with Andy McCarthy about his his stuff on uh, on PJ Media and National Review. And you wrote a story uh, less than a day ago on the National Review about the Muslim ban, this uh, executive order that changed the way we're handling immigration and vetting of the people who are trying to come here. I've only got like two and a half left, Andy, because I got yammering. Uh, Is it a Muslim ban? It doesn't quite feel like it to me, but Giuliani's statement makes me wonder. Well, you know, it's not a Muslim ban in the sense that that people are trying to convey when they raise it, which is the, the, this idea that, uh, there's an effort to ban all Muslims from the United States because of Islamophobia, which is what the the other side says. But I'm not one of these people who, you know, hides under my bed every time someone mentions Muslim ban. We're trying to keep Sharia supremacists out of the United States. Uh, you know, those who've killed thousands of Americans and plan to kill thousands more and their support network. Uh, those people of necessity are Muslims. Just like, you know, people in the Irish Republican Army are Irish. Um, that's not my fault. It's not I don't think it's the president's fault or anyone else is trying to protect national security. Um, of course, we don't want to keep all Muslims out. And it's absolutely essential that we separate Sharia supremacist enemies of the United States from pro-Western Muslim allies of the United States, including some who've helped us. Uh, break up terrorist cells. And you, you were kind enough to mention my case at the beginning of our, our talk. Um, you know, without 
courageous American Muslims and, and other Muslims, we wouldn't have been able to, to stop the terrorists, and they could have killed tens of thousands of New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, obviously this is, this is targeting a particular class of Muslims uh, who follow an ideology that's inextricably linked to Islam. That's just a fact of life. Yeah, it's, it's the reality, and that's what I keep telling people. It's the reality. And if you can't see reality, then you need to see your doctor, whether it's a mental health professional or someone who can prescribe something to either insulate you from it or, or just put you in a nice padded room. Andy, I thank you so much for jumping in and helping out today. Uh, quick, quick question for you. Who, who's your pick for Trump's nominee tonight if you're a betting man? Oh, I don't know. I like a lot of the names on the list, and I hope he sticks with the list. I think it's it's very important that he do that. You're a good diplomat. I appreciate that. Andy McCarthy, <laughs> thank you so much. Tweet out links to his stuff. I will also uh, encourage you to follow him on Twitter as well, Andrew C. McCarthy. And uh, we will talk again soon, sir. Thanks again. Michael Pelka sitting in for Buck Sexton just around the corner. We're going to talk more about the events of the day Uh, Mark Serrano is going to join us uh, to talk about the Dems who are boycotting Trump's cabinet picks and and trying to mess with him on uh, anything he wants to do. Uh, It is uh, it's going to be a fun day. You can join the conversation as well. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. It's going to be an interesting four years, isn't it? Mike Opelka in for Buck Sexton on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to Buck Sexton on the Blaze Radio Network.